Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. It is your host, Poonam, here with Dr. Nina, the founder and the president of Tarika Foundation. If you remember, we are talking about self-esteem and ways to boost it. We already shared two episodes with you. If you did not get a chance to listen to those, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to those two episodes. In the first one, we talked about what is self-esteem and how some kids have less, some kids have more. And then we talked about how those self-esteem manifest and what can parents do to boost self-esteem even how some can someone can boost his or her self-esteem so in this episode we will continue our conversation so i would like to ask dr linus he already shared what's parents role and how a parent can help in boosting child's self-esteem. She shared a wonderful tip um, about the active listening. So I wanted to ask Dr. Nina, Dr. Nina, other than uh, active listening, are there any ways parents can increase their children's self-esteem? Thank you, Poonam, for having me again. Delighted to continue our conversation about this very important topic of self-esteem and how to boost it in our children and how to help our children to be confident, uh, happy kids. So some other self-esteem pearls or tips I have for, for our listeners today, especially as parents, uh, what we can do is to be a role model for them, which uh, whether we like it or not, we are always a role model for our children. We may not realize that we may not be feeling like we are on the camera all the time, but that's the reality. We are always uh, in the camera frame. And so however we behave and how we show high self-esteem and our own positive attitude, Uh, That's one way to also boost or teach them to develop a a good self-esteem. Another thing parents can do is to have realistic expectations. Uh, Unreasonable goals, you know, usually set our children for feelings of failure. So really looking at what are some realistic expectations I should have based on my child's strengths and weaknesses can be really a good way to make sure you're having them achieve success and then build good good self-esteem through that. Another thing is to respect your child's individuality and abilities. So, you know, we often get 
caught up in comparison. Often parents compare just the two siblings or two children they have, and they may feel like, oh, this kid is so good at this, but this kid is not. So it's really important to respect that we all have our own individual buildup and our own individual makeup with strengths and weaknesses. And we have certain abilities we might be more um, better at than others. And so making sure you are um, definitely looking at every child as an individual who is then praised for their accomplishments based on their strengths and not just like, oh, because they don't have the same strength as their sibling, they are not good enough. So, you know, that we have to make a conscious effort to remember. And then a couple other things I would like to share in terms of other self-esteem pearls is praising the effort more than the outcome. I think, you know, we often are caught up looking at the outcome of this grade means my child is doing great and that grade means that he's not or he didn't get the first prize in or the first award in whatever extracurricular they might be engaging in. So really shifting from that and looking at the effort they are putting in in terms of what you know they can control is actually putting in effort. If you think about it, we cannot control our outcome. What we can control is our effort. And so greater effort should be rewarded even if the person is not getting recognized for that in terms of a reward or award or whatever it is. Um, another thing is to make sure we are using a very prudent and healthy approach to correct our child's behavior. So, you know, we often do jump to criticizing our children if we notice them making a mistake uh, and our intentions are right often. We want to correct their behavior, but, you know, how we deliver it, how we do it is also very important. And, you know, how we say the constructive criticism is is better than just like plain criticism. So really, you know, using the right words, not using words like you're lazy or stupid, like that they can kind of hang on to and, and feel like I am so and so. My mom used to say I was lazy, I was stupid. So that's kind of why I don't feel good about myself. So really um, making conscious effort in the words you are choosing in your communication and you know correcting the behavior with a good balance of praise and correction so you know i think i have talked about this before the praise to correction ratio often tends to be the other way around usually we criticize first and we forget to praise uh, to praise but it needs to be in a good balance so those are some of uh, the tips and then Another aspect I would like to highlight is to help your child learn from failure. Currently, I see as parents, we are so protective of our children not to fail. Uh, we are almost always like worried that what if they fail, that will put them down and this will be a big, um, big roller coaster for them to not, you know, come out from. But I think we should 
make effort to allow them to fail, not necessarily intentionally doing that, but if they are wanting to try something, let them try. And if they fail, it's okay. And and shifting that focus from you should never fail to learning from failure, kind of encouraging that growth mindset as we as we call it. So what are some of the strategies that we can use to allow our children to learn from failure? One is, you know, you can have your child define success and plan for success and evaluate the plan together with the input from your child. So often, you know, we we forget to be collaborative. We just come up with a plan like if your child says, yeah, I want to do X, Y, Z and you say, OK, I'll sign you up with this person and, and there you go. Your project is going to be do X, Y, Z. And but, you know, it it is important to really listen and get their input and strategize what that plan or success means to them. Um, help them, you know, also uh, set up multiple smaller endpoints in, in that journey of whatever they are trying to do that are achievable and reward at each step. So really important to, you know, if we are we're trying to do something, you know, really important to break it down, help them strategize that and see how they can achieve step by step little success in one you know part of the journey then to the next and you know that allows also us to like look at what mistakes we are making what changes we need to make what change we need to have in our plan and then some other ways to do that is also to really remind and focus uh, focus on things that are under our control rather than being upset about stuff that we cannot control or we cannot get help for so really focusing on teaching your child to avoid any kind of blame game, not blaming you know, others for some things that are not going right, accepting that some things are not in our control and we can only focus on what we can control. And you know, finally, celebrating with your child, uh, irrespective of whether they achieved success or not, it's really important again to praise the process, the effort, and not the outcome. So yeah, those those were some of the ways, you know, we could work on learning from failure and encouraging that that growth mindset that can also boost self-esteem. Thank you, Dr. Lina. I really enjoyed all the pearls you shared with us. And in my head also, I was uh, relating with some of the things uh, which I implemented in my parenting journey or even my professional journey. So when you were talking about failure, what I learned, failure is not opposite of success. It is part of the success. And as you were saying, you know, allow failure. And I, I rather say, let's celebrate our failure because we learned something new. We learned not to how not to fail next time with the same experiment or same task. So absolutely agree. Um, we all need to be keeping that open mind, growth set, growth mindset. And other thing, what you said, appreciate the efforts. Outcomes might be positive or it might not be what we were expecting. 
right? So, but we made the effort. That's what matters. So, I, as a parent, I definitely encourage my child uh, not to be perfectionist and not to worry about the things which are beyond his control. But making effort is very important every day. Thank you so much for sharing that. The other thing in my mind was, how do we recognize if my child, for example, has a good self-esteem or not? We talked about low self-esteem symptoms or manifestation, but is there any way we can recognize if child has a good self-esteem? Absolutely. I think there are a few things that one can look for that can indicate good self-esteem. If your child is confident in doing things, uh, if they are being assertive, uh, when I say being assertive, not just what they want is the way of showing assertiveness, but also the ability to say no when they are not comfortable doing something or don't want to do something. You see that kind of interaction and you are able to see that okay you know they were pretty clear about this about their decision about this and if they are being assertive in their interactions not just with you but with their friends with their peers that actually definitely reflects good self-esteem and then you know that positive outlook uh, that we, I think, uh, have referred to look like looking at glass half full versus empty. So if you're seeing that your child actually is able to look at some of the positives in the mix of the big negative that has happened, that is another way to see that they are able to not focus on what didn't go right, but if they're able to focus on what actually was still like, you know, that silver lining in that dark cloud or what is still positive in this whole thing, that is a way to assess if they have good self-esteem. Uh, another thing to look for is if your child can identify their own strengths and weaknesses and accepts them. So we can often identify our strengths and weaknesses, but you know to accept them, like we are always happy with our strengths. But when it comes to our weaknesses, if we are focusing on like, oh, you know, why me? Why I do I have this problem instead of accepting and saying, OK, I have this challenge. I have this uh, deficit or I have this, you know, uh, difficulty, then I can find a way to either make it better if it's possible, if not just accept and look at other ways to get around that hump and, and still be able to do things that you like to do. Um, besides that, if you are able to see that if your child is able to express their needs, their need, um, often people with self-esteem um, tend to please others and go with the flow. In some ways, you know, it's considered to be like, oh, they are so humble, so kind. But, you know, it's also important to have that distinction that, you know, they are not compromising on their needs. If they are able to express very clearly what their needs are and not, you know, necessarily compromising or pleasing and doing things just to make others happy, that's another way to kind of assess if your child is actually having a good self-esteem. And then finally, negative experiences 
can happen and do happen in everybody's life. But, you know, if they are able to still have a perspective in that thing and not get completely impacted by that one negative experience and generalize it and say, this is always going to be like this. I'm never going to be successful or I'm never going to pass this class or get A or whatever their hang up is. If they are able to have a big perspective, you know, like in, in other words, like looking at able to be looking at the big picture instead of just focusing on like they say, you know, just look at the whole forest and then just focusing on the trees or look, looking at that one black dot instead of the whole white board. So that if you are able to see that kind of tendency in your child that they are able to say, OK, yeah, you know, I got a bad grade in this class, but look at how well I'm doing in other things or, you know, it's OK if I got a bad grade this time, I'm going to work harder and try my best for the next time. So that kind of having that ability to take a broader perspective ability to kind of again like we are using the term fixed versus growth mindset more these days uh, from carol dweck's research so again having that ability to show that they have a growth mindset they're not getting you know uh, bogged down by one failure or one negative experience that is another way to assess that or recognize your child's self-esteem is intact and good it's wonderful to know, Dr. Lena. Um, so I, we now know how to assess your child's self-esteem, whether it's low or not. So my last question to you is, when a parent should be concerned about uh, child's self-esteem and when they can seek professional help? So the answer to this uh, is very much tied to what I just said earlier for your previous question, Poonam. So, you know, when you are not seeing some of the things that we talked about, where you can recognize that your child has good, good self-esteem, that would be kind of one way to um, one way to know that you should be concerned in a way. So. If your child shows more of a negative outlook than positive outlook, if they are not confident and they are, uh, you know, constantly worried about how well they will be doing, um, if they are not assertive, if they are unable to express their needs, uh, if they are having a lot of uh, excessive focus on their weakness instead of their strengths, if they are having feelings of shame regarding their abilities rather than sense of pride, uh, if they believe that others are better than them and they are constantly comparing themselves with others, they're trying to seek others approval or please people constantly to be accepted, if they are having trouble accepting any kind of constructive criticism and sometimes even like positive feedback or praise. Sometimes, you know, we see that some kids are so kind and so nice that they actually even feel awkward to accept positive feedback and praise that, you know, is something to be concerned about. Like, you know, we want our ch child to have that sense of pride in their 
abilities and if somebody's giving them a positive feedback or praising them, then they should be able to receive that elegantly or receive that um, comfortably. If that's not happening, then that could be a red flag. And then, you know, if they're constantly showing concerns around fear of failure, if they are not wanting to try things because they worry about failing or if they are feeling like I failed in that once and I never want to try that again, or if they are like not able to do things because of this dread of failure, then that is another big red flag that one needs to be concerned about. And, you know, generally we say it's good to catch these things sooner than later. If I'm seeing some of these things in my child, then I should definitely start working on it at my level, at the family level and if it seems like it's not helping then certainly good idea to have them talk to a therapist or a counselor maybe they will be able to share more because that's a neutral person who is not emotionally involved with them so there might be a sense of comfort and and then these professionals are trained to do certain activities and exercises sometimes they involve parents as well to find ways to boost the child's self-esteem and get that up. That's wonderful to know, Dr. Lena, uh, because I do know sometimes teens, they have resistance, even though parents are open-minded, they want to seek professional help, but then child is not ready. But it's good to know you're saying, you know, um, we can make it as a family therapy instead of just, you know, point, kid might be feeling, oh, I have some problem. Right. So parents and kids, they are open to learning new ways and seeking help as a family instead of just, you know, saying, oh, my child has a problem and I need help. I think that's also I notice sometimes is very helpful uh, to follow that kind of strategy. So wonderful advice. Um, I'm very careful, mindful what I say to my child. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> we are on the camera all the time so parents are the role model for their kids if we show good self-esteem our kids are picking that and most likely they will also have good self-esteem so thank you thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing all the pearls with us really appreciate it listening to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation. As part of our youth series, we will be releasing new episodes every Friday, so make sure to continue to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and thank you so much for listening.